This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, exclusively on the Bun 2.0, KBUNFM 104.5. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is sponsored by DS Beverages, the North Country's distributor of Anheuser-Busch, and by Bonnard Lock and Key. Well, our guest today is Gary Barnard. He is the area fisheries manager out of the Bemidji office for a few more days. He's headed to retirement. First of all, Gary, congratulations. Oh, thank you, Kevin. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what you have planned when your uh, your last day passes on Monday. What do you got go- going on next? Well, the timing of this wasn't uh, by coincidence. It's uh, it's just before trapping season. I'm going to hit the woods here and do some trapping and then uh, roll into some winter activities, fishing, uh, snowshoe hare hunting with the hounds, a few things like that. Okay. Um, so, obviously, you've been in the in the uh, fisheries and the outdoors business for a long time. Uh, must have been something that uh, you enjoyed, you know, as a kid uh, to get you interested, I'm guessing. Well, yeah, I, you know, I, I grew up on a farm. I like to be outside quite a bit. Hunting and fishing was, uh, was my thing. And, uh, I had to find a way to make that into a career. And I guess I did. <laughs> where, where did you grow up, Gary? Uh, in southern Minnesota, actually, a little town called Good Thunder, south of Mankato. Okay. And decided to get into the, uh, into the outdoors business some way, somehow. Um, what, how did you get into, um, outdoor management? Well, actually, well, after high school, I went to a Votech school in Brainerd at the time. It's now the Brainerd Community College, but at the time it was a, a Votech school for natural resource technology and came out of there looking for work and uh, landed a job as a fisheries technician down in Waterville, Minnesota. Okay, and, and what does a fisheries technician do? Well, the, the tech job was, uh, was field work, you know, uh, started out in the fall right away, uh, doing walleye pond harvest. Um, uh, we were actually still doing, uh, rough fish removal back in those days. So the winter was, uh, under ice staining for carp and buffalo. It was, uh, you know, pretty demanding work, but it was definitely outside. Okay. And from there, um, what, what happened next? Well, um, I worked there. There was uh, kind of an opening there for a hatchery manager that uh, that showed up, and uh, I was a fishery specialist actually at that time, and um, ran the hatchery. It was about fourteen drainable ponds, and uh, kind of uh, created an intensive culture system in there for muskie and uh, channel catfish, sturgeon, largemouth and smallmouth bass. So uh, quite a bit of fish culture work down in Waterville. Okay. Then uh, then you obviously made your way to Bemidji at some point. What were the stops on the way? Well, it was a, it was a quick trip up here. It was actually 1994 when uh, I got the position here as area fisheries supervisor. And uh, the, the first stop was about halfway up for the fall supervisors conference. <laughs> I hadn't even been to Bemidji yet as a supervisor, but I attended the conference, uh, learned a few things there, and came in here and hit the ground. So... Um, it was quite a transition, you know, the, the job responsibilities obviously quite a bit different and then, uh, the, uh, I guess the environment quite a bit different as well. I, the last thing I worked on in the Waterville area was doing a uh, chemical reclamation on a, a bullhead lake that was about nine feet deep and, and pea green. <laughs> and the next week I found myself working on Elk Lake down in Itasca Park with, uh, mature pine trees and eagles flying around and uh, so <laughs> quite the transition uh, but 
It was really interesting uh, having worked in in both ends of the state and seeing the the differences in the resources and stuff, and uh, that kind of helped out with some things down the road. You know, understanding some of those differences. Yeah, well, I mean, if you if you could describe them, what would you say the biggest differences are from where you grew up and 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 started your career in the Bemidji and Northwoods area? Yeah, well, the you know the the quality of the resources were quite a bit different. You know, uh, things were are still are somewhat degraded in the southern half of the state from agriculture and uh, and that kind of thing, and, and a lot fewer lakes. But that kind of made the lakes, the individual lakes, a lot more important because uh, there might be whole counties down there that only had two or three lakes, and uh, that's where people went. So um, you could. Probably justify in investing a lot more in some of those lakes, like with winter aeration and things like that, where a similar lake of that type up here, we wouldn't give it a second glance. We just uh, kind of go to the bigger, better lakes. So. Gotcha. Um, so I don't know how it works with the DNR. I'm assuming you, you, they don't just transfer you. You show an interest. You throw your hat in the ring to, to get a job like the area manager? Yeah, correct. It was a competitive thing. Uh, where there was uh, sort of an, a test uh, and uh, oral interview, of course. Um, so at the time, Bob Strand, which many people in Bemidji know, he was the uh, regional supervisor up there, and uh, so he's the one who actually hired me here with an interview panelist and folks from St. Paul and others. So. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of looking for advancement, and this this opening came up, and I knew a little bit about Bemidji because we'd, you know, we'd worked together somewhat on uh, a musky culture. A lot of the musky eggs were taken up here that we would hatch in southern Minnesota, and then ship muskies back north and that kind of thing. So I'd worked with some of those folks. Uh, um, so I, I had some knowledge of the area, but. Uh, a lot to learn when I got here, of course. <laughs> you know, I would think, and 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 you kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, uh, if you're in southern Minnesota, or or maybe in another state, even, and you're into fish, um, whether it be the Bemidji office or the Brainerd office or uh, Grand Rapids, those areas. I mean, that's uh, that's kind of paradise for guys like you. Yeah, it is, and there was definitely a uh, a northern migration of, uh, of fisheries folks for many years. The, the openings would occur in the south; people would work a, a couple years down there, and then uh, move north to probably some some better areas for uh, a little more diversity and better high quality fisheries and stuff. Uh, obviously, things have changed a lot over the years, and one of them, you know, you you talk about uh, being able to go through a Votech or a two-year college situation. I'm hearing more and more of these guys they're they're coming into these as either masters or doctorate candidates now. Yeah, that's that's a fact, and uh, you know, I I kind of uh, worked my way up uh, the old-fashioned way, I guess, and. Uh, you know that that opportunity probably doesn't exist anymore to start out as a technician and work up from the, from the bottom up. But uh, I think there were some real benefits to having had that experience and uh, using that to get to this level. I would I would think so. I mean, uh, yeah, boots on the ground. I mean, there's a lot to be said about uh, having a, having a view from down there before you're you're sitting in in the big chair. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, some of the the, the work ethic and things like that. Uh, um, as 
kind of one of the things I prided myself in one, uh, even in the supervisor position, is that I've uh, been pretty much uh, able to stay in the field quite a bit, um, get out there. And I think that that really gives you a, a better feeling for the resource uh, when you're out on the lakes and participating in some of the field work than, uh, than just running the numbers here in the office. Um, so for those who aren't familiar with that, with how it all works, what, what does the area fisheries manager do? What is, what is your realm? Well, you know, we do, uh, uh, management plans on a, on a bunch of lakes. We actually have about 125 lakes in the Bemidji management area that have management plans. So, uh, and that includes everything from stocking to the survey rotation to, uh, potential for special regulations and uh, habitat uh, improvement, all kinds of things get rolled into that management plan, but that kind of lays out the, the work schedule going forward and uh, the combination of those plans on all of those lakes and, and getting them scheduled for, for surveys and what our objectives are and stuff uh, all plays in there. So that, that sets the, the survey schedule, of course, and then we're doing lake surveys all summer, we're doing the the spring and fall is more of a production work when we're actually uh, harvesting eggs for incubating and fry, and, and then the fall we're harvesting fingerlings, and so it's a uh, it's a pretty busy year-round schedule. The winter things slow down a bit where you're you're indoors more, but it's still uh, you know writing up all the reports from the surveys and and then uh, revising management plans for the the next round. So uh, quite a cycle. <laughs> It is, and how many people are in the area office as far as fisheries goes? Well, it it varies. Uh, we're we're at about six right now. Um, we do have some seasonal help. We have some creel surveys that are going on on, on Upper Red Lake, and uh, we'll be doing Cass Lake again next year. Um, occasionally, we do a creel survey on Bemidji or Itasca or some of the uh, uh, more prominent lakes in the area. So. Creel clerks under that, and then some interns during the summer and uh, seasonal labor, that kind of thing. So uh, the workforce varies. Uh, spring and fall, of course, really the busier, busier time periods where we uh, really need the extra help for uh, keeping the hatchery and the spawning platform going. And uh, a number of spring assessments that we do. Uh, a lot of the work that uh, we do on pan fisher muskies and stuff has to occur during that same spring period. So, uh, pretty busy then. How many lakes is the Bemidji Area Office responsible for? Well, that, the 125 that we have management plans on are the primary ones, um, and those are those are lakes with public access. Um, there's a lot of lakes in Beltrami County that don't have public access that. You know, whether there's still some management uh, authority there, and uh, there's still public waters, but we don't get them into the regular survey rotation. More of the great outdoors with Kev Jackson next on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is sponsored by DS Beverages and Bonded Lock and Key. Check us out on the web, kbunsportsradio.com. Click on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. You can also listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. And you can like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Today we're saying goodbye to a longtime friend of the show. Gary Barnard, the area fisheries manager out of the Bemidji area office, is retiring as of Monday. 
What are some of the biggest changes you've seen over the years, uh, particularly the years up here in Bemidji from 94 to now? Well, let's see. The, some of the, the bigger changes would be some of the, the projects we've worked on, like uh, like Upper Red Lake and uh, Northern Pike regulation changes, um, some shifts in, in Muskie. Um, probably, you know, going back to 94 when I got here, um, the, the whole Muskie controversy was kind of swirling in the Bemidji area like it is in other places in the state right now. And we'd uh, started some new Muskie lakes um, back in the 80s, and those populations were maturing. And there was concern about, you know, muskies eating all the walleyes or all the panfish, just like you hear other places. And so that was kind of going on at it. That was kind of peaking about that time. We dealt with that a lot there in the 90s. And um, that's pretty much dissipated now. You hardly hear anything about that anymore in this area. Right. People have, you know, realized that the, the muskie and the walleye coexist pretty well. These walleye fisheries are as good as ever, or maybe better than uh, than they were after muskies got in there. So um, that's gone away here, and it's it's kind of refreshing, uh, and it's it's also troubling to to hear what's going on in the other parts of the state, knowing that they're going through that same turmoil and. It's probably for not, but uh, they have to deal with that and deal with the public pressures of that. So, you know, we got through that. That's that's a big change here. And, um, you know, the public um, public interest and stuff is, is still strong for fishing in this area. And um, but but one thing we don't see as much of anymore, I I, I guess, is uh, you know the, the public input meetings and stuff used to be. Um, pretty lively events and uh, uh that's kind of changed over the years and i don't know if that's how people get their information different now they just don't attend public meetings so that's that's one thing that's changed we'll we'll hold a meeting now for a special regulation maybe get uh two or three people showing up where they used to pack the place so uh, that's one of the differences well, one of the things I've noticed, and you know, I've been uh, doing this show for a long time too, is just a a change in the uh, the behavior of anglers. Uh, I mean, catch and release is is pretty much across the board standard now, uh, and it didn't didn't used to be that way. Yeah, that's true. That that is a change. Um, that was a kind of a gradual thing, and people have caught on to that. And you know. Uh, Musky anglers, of course, are the, are the leaders in that, and um, we've seen what that can do for musky fisheries and, and the improvement in, in some of those. And um, yeah, and you see it see it with uh, with the walleye and panfish as well. You know, it's it's not as much of the pack the freezer as it used to be, um, but there's there is still a harvest mentality out there, which is good, and it's it is a renewable resource. So. A nice balance of that is is pretty good, and I think you know that's that's one of the things that that we've really kind of um, realized over the years in in trying to provide uh, better quality fisheries. And, and there's been times that that uh, we've gotten a little overprotective with some of our regulations and got some pushback. And there is a balance there somewhere. And I I think when uh, when we went through this northern pike regulation process here recently, we we were able to finally strike that balance where uh, we we put a reg out there that is going to improve quality, but uh, but also provide harvest opportunity. And 
that's the hard thing to do, you know. The, you're not just managing fish populations, you're managing the fishery, and that includes the people that like to harvest fish or, or like to catch big fish. So. Right. That, yeah. The, when when there are people involved, there's a lot of different uh, viewpoints, and uh, yeah, that's that that can be some uh, tough water to 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 get through. Yeah, and you know the the pendulum can kind of swing, and uh, you know you'll you'll get some pushback, and uh, um, I think uh, you know understanding that and and uh, understanding you know people's uh, attitudes towards fishing and their and their preferences is is a good thing, and you know it's. Uh, it's still a, a a good harvest fishery is still a, a pretty popular thing and we've been able to see that in red lake where um you know when people come there to catch a lot of fish a lot of walleyes but if your if your bag limit is so restrictive that they can only harvest one or two fish they're just not coming and right. uh, so if you if you can straight again strike a balance where uh, there's an opportunity to, to catch and harvest a reasonable amount of fish and still be able to have uh, high catch rates and uh, and good quality. I think uh, that's uh, that's what makes a fisherman happy. And being one myself, I, I understand that as well. Yeah, I've been in the, uh, in my job and my business for a long time, so I, I look around and I, I I see a highlight or two that I think uh, I'm particularly proud of. Do you have any of those? Well, yeah, you know, of course the the Red Lake recovery was. Uh, that was the really the kind of the highlight of this this part of my career anyway um i i really uh i was pleased the way that turned out i don't think anybody expected it to go as quickly as it did and as well as it did and and uh, the fact that we've been able to keep that going and uh, um that's one of the highlights I, I think you know getting the the new set of pike rigs in place was a highlight and and then um, digging back a little bit, going back into the early days of the of the Muskie program and um, the success we've had with that, and uh, you know the culture end of it was a lot of that was down in southern Minnesota where that was going on, and the research end was up here with Bob Shan and the things he was working on and developing the brood lakes and that kind of thing. So that was a an effort that uh, included a lot of people across the state. So uh, that was one I was uh, really proud to be part of at the at the time, and I. I still watch it uh, and see how what they're doing with uh, dry diets down in the hatcheries and things like that and continuing to make improvements in that. So uh, good stuff. It's a lot of fun. As you, uh, as you look forward, as one who's, uh, who, who knows the terrain, so to speak, but is, but is stepping out of the way, what are some of the things that concern you going forward um, as far as fishing goes and fisheries? Well, um, things that would concern me, I guess, uh, some of the trends that we're seeing in in uh, participation, um, fishing is is still pretty good and still still getting the participation rates. Our license sales haven't fallen off quite like they have in in wildlife with uh, small game licenses and things like that. And um, I hope we can uh, can maintain that. I mean, as long as fishing's pretty good, uh, I think we're going to continue to recruit new anglers. But uh, but there's there's differing interests out there now, and um, more urbanization and uh, people that don't get exposed to it early on. Of course, in Bemidji, there's uh, you got the 
uh, take a kid fishing events and a lot of uh, a lot of attention paid to fishing up here so I think things are going to hang on pretty well up here but just on a, on a statewide trend basis uh, I'd, I'd hate to see uh, see a shift away from that okay um, what about uh, the big thing we've been talking about the last few years uh, AIS uh, how do you feel about that right now well yeah it's it's a challenge, and it's going to be a challenge going forward for folks. Um, I, I don't take a, as negative uh, approach to that as, as others, maybe because I've, I've seen a lot of things over the years. I mean, um, the the German carp was, uh, we've been battling that for 100 years. And uh, like I say, I started out my career doing some rough fish removal in southern Minnesota, and we were, yeah, you know, that's an invasive species we were trying to rid. And, we weren't successful getting rid of them. At uh, fisheries have have held up. We manage things differently, and uh, um, I think things will continue. I, we still need to try to limit the the spread of that stuff as best we can. But uh, I think when when it occurs, we just uh, need to make use the best science to continue to manage those fisheries as best we can. Things will change. That's that's for sure. They they always do, but. Uh, it's it's not always doom and gloom. You know, we're seeing some interesting things with Cass Lake and what's occurred with the zebra mussels out there and clearing water, but uh, um, still getting good walleye recruitment. We're seeing some shifts in growth patterns, and some species are going to benefit and some are going to suffer, and uh, you're going to see those shifts. But uh, I think there's there's still hope for these fisheries, even after zebes or milfoil or whatever gets in there. Okay. Um, if uh, he or she were to ask, uh, what would be your advice to the next person in your chair? Well, uh, I guess uh, you know you, you can't do everything. Just just do what you can and, and do your best. There's uh, there's a, there's a lot of good people around uh, working for DNR. So you know whoever's doing this job's got a, a lot of folks to work with that are going to help them, and the same folks that were helping me all along, you know. And uh, it's a team effort. So um, I think it's uh, enjoy the challenge. I mean, there's there's just a, a whole lot of real interesting things to learn yet about uh, these fish populations and and. Uh, um, I don't think that ever ends. If you if you think you got it all figured out, uh, it may be time to quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, what are you going to miss the most? Oh, I you know I'm going to miss the the people for sure that uh, that I've worked with over the years, and that that continues to turn over too. You know, I I look at uh, at the group that I kind of grew up with in this job and stuff and uh, a lot of them are retiring now so we're, we're turning over to another group of people but there's there's always good people and they're all interested in the same things that you're interested in so uh, that makes for a good work environment and that's good and the, the science you know i miss that part and uh, you know uh, i i hope there's other things that that can challenge me along those lines and uh uh, but it, it's always been a, a very interesting job. It's never been one that I dreaded to come to work in the morning. So um, it, it's going to be a big transition here, that's for sure. Yeah. What, what will you miss the least? Uh, oh, gal. 
There, yeah, you know, there's a, there's bad parts to every job. I, I oh, don't yeah. want to dwell I can, on those, but I can you know, the administrative that. stuff that's that's kind of uh, probably overwhelms everybody's jobs these days. That uh, you know, sometimes you wonder you know what the priorities are, and uh, it, that's that's always kind of hard is keeping keeping your head above water on that stuff because that stuff can drag you down a little bit. Boy, it sounds like we have the same job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably most anybody. There, all these occupations are going a little bit that way. So, uh, and that, now that you're free, uh, will there be some southern uh, trips in the middle of the winter? Oh, yeah, we'll take some short trips. I I don't plan to buy a condo down in the southern hemisphere anywhere, but uh, no, we'll we'll take some trips. Uh, you know, we've got grandkids around and stuff that uh, we'll be visiting and uh, and relatives and other parts of the uh, country here. So we'll be doing some of that, and you know, uh, I'm just looking forward to relaxing a little bit and uh, taking it easy for a while. We'll see what happens. Right. Gary Barnard is the area fisheries manager out of the Bemidji office through Monday and then retires. He's been in the job since 1994. I have inter- uh, interviewed you many times, Gary. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you're a great guy. I'm going to miss you and uh, wish you the best of luck. Well, thanks a lot, Kevin. I've enjoyed working with you over the years. We, we have done a, quite a few of those uh, Lake of the Weeks, haven't we? We, we certainly have. I'm going to have to train a whole new person in now. All right. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> this has been Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hear it exclusively on KBUN-FM 104.5, Thursdays at 1240 and Saturday mornings at 8.